0: Hey. This is the Rich Eisen Show. show Quarterback show.
1: competition. When we know, we will know. Baker's going to get the leg up, bro.
0: Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles.
1: Well, oh, Matt Rule is your betting favorite for first coach fired. Is, is that year. right? <laughs> yeah. Is there such, such a thing? Oh, yeah. The
0: Rich Eisen Show.
1: I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's absurd. stunned, Chris.
0: Earlier on the show, ESPN senior writer Brian Wintorst, SEC commissioner Greg Sankey, Still to come, Utah head coach Kyle Whittingham. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Yes, it
1: is. Can confirm. Sources say, and now I'm on camera. Let me put my hat away for hour number three <laughs> of the Rich Eisen Show. Already chatted with Brian Winhorst of ESPN talking about LeBron James's contract extension, what the Nets are going to do with Kevin Durant. And will the Knicks and the Utah Jazz make a trade that brings Donovan Mitchell to New York City. If you missed any of that, there's our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Show. Same also for the way we started the program with Deshaun Watson being suspended now. 11 games with a $5 million fine. If uh, if you missed any of that, that's on our YouTube page. And we have yet to play the sound bites of Deshaun Watson at his press conference and Jimmy Hassel, the owner of the Browns at his press conference that's coming up in the middle of this hour we already chatted with Greg Sankey the SEC commissioner about what's going on in the world of college football so again youtube.com slash Rich Eisen show for everything that you may have missed and 844-204-RICH is the number to dial all our phone lines are lit we'll get to your phone calls. so we're very busy today but we go to the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line right now and welcome in the coach of the number seven in the AP poll Uh, Utah Utes football program joining us here again on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line is the head coach of Utah football Kyle Winningham how are you doing coach
2: doing well Rich how are you
1: I am doing great what is going on in your world with the football season right around the corner tell me what your day's like (laughs) What you got Well,
2: we're just wrapping up wrapping up fall camp. Mm-hmm. Uh we got two more days of camp. We start school on Monday, so that will get us into our in-season routine, but but uh, we've had an outstanding camp so far and knock on Wood stayed very healthy. So I think uh relative to where we are in the process, we're in good shape, but we still got a lot of work to do
1: uh these last couple weeks. Uh, coach, I don't know if you know where I went to school. Um I don't. Okay. I I I, I, was, uh, well, I didn't I didn't go to Utah. But I okay. was rooting, you see, how, see if you can guess it, I was rooting very, very hard for you at the Rose Bowl last year. What do you think I went uh, to Michigan. Yes, Michigan. sir! <laughs> Man, was there I rooting you for you in that game! Oh my yeah. gosh. Um, so how, how much of a step forward do you think you can take from, from that game? Last year, well, coach, we got a lot
2: of returning players. You know, we we lost some really good players. Don't get me wrong. You know, Devin Lloyd, a first round uh, mm-hmm. draft choice linebacker, uh, Britt Covey, who was so uh, instrumental to us in in so many different ways, and and a bunch of other good football players that have moved on to the to the National Football League. But but uh, we got a really good nucleus coming back. It starts with our quarterback Cam Rising, first team All Pac twelve. Uh, quarterback last year, and he is the leader of our football team, and and uh, we had a really uh, good recruiting class that we brought in, and a bunch of those guys are going to be impactful right away. You know, they've really uh, shown up, and it looks like uh, we hit the jackpot on a bunch of these guys.
1: So, how much of um, can you take from that game, uh, experience-wise, for the kids that did play in it, and obviously, it didn't work out in the end, but uh, what what do you take from that game with those kids that can spill over into this season? coach? Well,
2: it was a great experience for him, first of all, and to be able to be on that national stage uh, and in that spotlight was great for our program, for our brand. Um, and uh, as you mentioned, there's a bunch of those guys coming back that are going to be with us this season. And, and uh, you know, it just makes you – every experience you have, you grow as a football player and, and uh, you know, we'll hopefully – you know, be able to uh, handle the the role of uh, you know the favorite, which has been you know yeah. definitely not our MO. We usually sneak up on people, but but uh, you know we've stressed to our guys all year long it's harder to stay on top than it is to get to the top, and and we got that target on our chest, and we got to be able to respond and and be able to handle success. That's the bottom line. We had a, a, a very successful season last year. It was really the next step in the evolution of our program was to win the Pac-12. We'd won the South uh, three or four times, uh, got to the championship game three times and and uh you know this was the the third time was the charm we're able to get over that hump and and take that next step and now we got to uh take another step forward this year the
1: challenge of going to the swamp is what what do you got for me?
2: Oh a huge challenge. I mean down in SEC country, the you know, new season, new coach down there, uh, you know, they got a top ten team coming into their place. I mean, it's gonna be uh, you know, a crazy atmosphere and environment. We're already obviously starting to prepare for that, but uh yes. that's gonna be a challenge for our football. Team. I mean
1: week one. I mean just right off the bat. I mean that and, and then again also uh going into the heart of SEC country and trying to strike a blow for a conference that definitely does not have the respect. I think you know that nationally uh despite what you did last year despite what other programs in the conference uh have done do you play that up with your kids at all coach well
2: not necessarily that exact part of it and that piece of it but you're you're right on the money i mean uh, you know our conference has got to regain respect and and there's only one way to do that it's on the field i mean you can't talk about it you can't lobby for it i mean you got to go out and and get some really quality wins and and uh that's bottom line. I mean, that's what it's going to take, and, and we have our opportunity this year.
1: Kyle Whittingham, head coach of the reigning Pac-12 champion, University of Utah Utes football team right here on the Rich Eisen Show. I do know, I've spoken to many coaches throughout uh, my career, and I understand that you must control only what you can control and what is in front of you. That's my setup. That's my wind-up for this pitch, coach. The, okay. are, you, are you concerned about the future of the Pac-12 right now?
2: coach I don't think that's the right word. I, I think there's a lot more movements going to take place. I think we're heading to super conferences I don't think there's any way around it uh, How those super conferences end up and, sh- you know, and how the, the landscape shapes up is I don't think anybody knows exactly how it's going to play out but, but there's going to be uh, X amount of uh, schools that are on the right side of the line in the sand when, when that line is drawn and that, that group of schools will govern themselves as far as you know, I think they'll break away from the NC2A have their own playoff system. And, uh, the you know, the gap between the haves and the have-nots is going to be huge. That chasm is going to be gigantic, and I think that's where things are heading.
1: I mean, that is as—I I agree with you. I, I, I could not agree with you more, and it's refreshing to hear that from a head coach of a big-time college football program say that. So do you, in, in your spare time— uh Call up your a d and school president and say, Where are we at the seat at this table? Do you do that
2: well Coach? not a lot of spare time but uh, <laughs> I when know. i do when when I do run into them uh, on the rare occasion i I do get updates and, and kind of get a feel for for what's going on and and what uh you know what may be heading down the pike but <laughs> but uh you know they don't even know i mean there's just it's just gonna have to be a waiting game and see how uh how the cards fall
1: and then uh, I mean what was your your thought when you heard the news that um, I'm sitting in Los Angeles here doing this show, Coach Whittingham, and this is now Big Ten country. What did you think of when you heard that news of UCLA and USC going well, to Big Ten?
2: Well, yeah, we, we had a, uh, a team meeting the next day, and, and uh, our stance on that is, hey, you know, all we're focused on is our football team in this season, and this changes nothing in those regards. Uh, you know, we got to be ready to play uh, both USC and UCLA on our schedule for the next two years, and so it's business as usual, and don't let that be a distraction. You know, Block it out, and just like you said, control the controllables and, and do our thing.
1: You don't say they're running from Utah? You didn't say that? <laughs> I did, they're, they're did running? not
2: say that. that. That was not part of the, uh, the, the conversation. But, I think that's but, a line. Uh, you can
1: use that line if you'd like it, Coach. Maybe, Go for
2: it. I may have to use that. We may have to steal that. Yeah, we,
1: yeah. when you're playing against USC week, Lincoln Raleigh versus Kyle Winningham and Coach versus Coach, you just say they're running from us. Go ahead and say that. Please. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling you're not writing that down. I have a feeling you're not looking for a pen and paper right now to write that down. No. Okay. Very no. good. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. Very good. I get it. So so, uh, what's the NIL world for you, Coach Kyle Whittingham? What? Do, how, how does that affect your world at Utah, the NIL?
2: Well, it's crazy. Uh, it's, uh, you know, I guess out of control might be the right way to phrase it. But, but uh, you know, and who knows where it's going to end up. You know, it's 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 got to somehow it's got to be reined in and and put some uh, parameters on it and some uh, some guardrails, as the term people are using. But but right now it's a free for all and and uh, you know it is impacting recruiting tremendously. Uh, this class is really the most impacted. I mean, it, it gains momentum each year and and uh, you know the players in this class are very interested in hearing what you got in mind nil, NIL wise and and what's in it for them and and uh, it's it's. Uh, you know, I don't know how they're going to ever going to be able to. Uh you know get a handle on it but and then you got your own team and you got you know your own players or are, or are, are, uh, got their own stuff going which is great you know I'm not saying I'm anti NFL sure. it's just got to be it's got to be regulated somehow some way and right now uh, I think everyone's searching for that and and uh, you know if it doesn't come from the government level I don't know how it's going to be implemented and, and I don't know if the government's interested in you know jumping into that or not you know who knows but but uh, right now it's it's pretty chaotic right now
1: so have you had kids that uh, in recruiting say to you hey i've gotten this deal from somewhere else if you match it i'm coming to utah if not i, I love you but i'm not coming has that happened to
2: absolutely you? absolutely yeah that's there's no doubt about that they, you know play and, and not every kid but uh, sure. you know there's there's a certain percentage of guys that uh, that's that's their main objective it's not your culture or your academics or your winning tradition or or your location it's it's uh, you know what's the nil package
1: for me so when that kid leaves the room or you leave their house or the zoom or whatever it is, what do you say to your coaches when that that kid leaves the room?
2: Yeah well we gotta you know, somehow we gotta we got to stay in the game and stay competitive now there's limitations on us on what we can and can't say so we can't you know delve right into it uh, you know our own selves but but uh, it, it is a challenge I'll just leave it at that that it's a challenge and, and uh, we're working through it and and trying to navigate through it
1: well because I mean just to tie it all together in a way from the beginning of our co- conversation utah coach kyle whittingham here on the rich eisen show is you you mentioned how you think this is going to super leagues or super conferences or however maybe Mm -hmm. this might be an impetus for that because if you have a smaller group of programs you can come up with those guardrails that you know you can get a better consensus if the if the the world that you're living in is smaller would you agree with that
2: agree 100% with that I agree 100% and that would be a way to to uh, rein things in a little bit and and get some control of it
1: Kyle Whittingham here on the Rich Eisen show okay so uh when you get the kids and they're in school and, and everything is all set your first order of business to get ready for Florida is what? Do you show them game film right away? What do you What do you What do you What do you got for oh, me on that front? Yeah, Where we've been
2: doing that already. We uh, We got a head okay. start on that. Typically in fall camp, you don't uh, you don't get uh, too involved with the opponent. You you're worried about your your own team and your fundamentals and and uh, techniques and so forth. But we realize the challenge ahead, and we've already uh, broken up into scout teams. Uh, many practices ago, we were already practicing in a, a heat environment, a uh, crowd noise environment. You know things that we typically would never. Do during fall camp are being implemented this
1: year. Okay, coach. I appreciate the two cents. Uh, look for my call um, during the season. Certainly, if you drop that line, uh, UCLA or UC USC week, I can remind <laughs> okay. you. I can send you a reminder if you'd like. A what was alert. It again? They're running from us. They're uh, running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because well, they'll be asked. You will be asked that week. You know, hey, you're they're they're leaving the the Pac-12 for the Big Ten, and you could just say they're running from Utah. That's yeah, it.
2: That's
1: I'll what they do. Rich, Rich Eisen says they're running from us. How yeah, you, you attribute fight? it to me. I'll take it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you know. All, all, all press is good for me. I, that's the way I look at things. I'm fine. Coach, gotcha. thanks for the, <laughs> Thanks for the time, Coach. Appreciate it. Okay, Rich. You got it. That's Rich. it. Kyle Whittingham, everybody. of Utah football. We're in. <laughs> Guys, we're in. They're running from us. They're running from us. You know that he's going to be asked that question. Uh, yep. What do you think, Coach? Why do you think they're leaving? What's, what's wrong with the Pac-12 that they're leaving for the Big Ten? Well, all I'm saying is they're running from Utah. They don't want none. Rich Eisen says they're running from Utah. They want no
0: pieces.
1: (laughs) He's a smart guy, clearly. He's a smart guy, clearly, because all I had to tell him is, I didn't go to your school, but I was rooting real heavily for you. Where did I go to school? Oh, Michigan. Smart guy, very perceptive. But how many coaches have I asked these questions to? And he's like, I think it's going to super conferences. I think that's the way it's going to go. There's no question it's going to go that way. And yeah, how about that? Could you imagine kids saying, I've gotten this here, you match it, I'm coming there. I guess, you can you blame them in this world where there's no... But it's not supposed to be an incentivizer to go to a school. It's supposed to be you're at a school, you have the ability to utilize your status at said school.
0: It's a secondary thing. But
1: if your status at said school is worth more... When you go to said school, then going to other school, then the other school has got to come up and match. It's free agency. And it's tough to sit there and tell the kid you shouldn't do that when there's A, no guardrails, and B, conference A, gets $7 billion for television rights. And they don't have to pay you but they're getting $7 billion in television rights because you're busting your ass in the classroom as well as the meeting rooms and film rooms and training rooms. Can't blame them, can you? No. All right. Thanks. I appreciate when you agree with me. (laughs) I know know you agree. And it's so awkward sometimes that I push it. I forced him to say, no, I'm not not writing that down. But that's when I'm most proud of myself. I don't know what it is. Do I need to... I need to talk to somebody about this. Should we get a red light just to know when she knows it's you know, time to nah, stop? How yeah. old are you now? Put on the red light. I'm 53. Yeah, you're not changing. Well, it's kind of like yeah. the Matt Ryan natural thing. Can't wait till he calls in for the Colts, right?
0: You know, no, I no, I hope Matt doesn't call in this year. He has a new opportunity and a new focus. They are Dark Horse Super Bowl contenders. He is a Dark Horse MVP. Let him focus on those things. I don't
1: think we're at all... We don't need, him to, be we non- don't need to, to cloud
0: his mind with facts. more natural BS that's been on. going on for over a decade. Looking, and has it hasn't worked in a decade.
1: I'm looking at their <laughs> I mean, roster. Damn, he's the only man. But ma- Chris, no, no, the fact whoa, that you whoa, just whoa, said whoa, you don't whoa, look- Hold on. Hold on. I'm, I'm assuming it's his fifth year. I'm assuming he's making the team. I think he's making the team. He's on, He's been on the team. Who's this? Are we looking at the Colts? Tackle Matt Pryor. Oh. I'm going to tell Ryan he's the new natural Thank on the you. Colts. No, hey, no, no, oh, no, you're no. you moving
0: on? Thank you. Let's no, move I'm, on from Matt and no,
1: Ryan. If he won't take it, maybe one of his teammates well, will. It,
0: there's, there's, it's not a question of if he won't take it. He has not wait. taken it for 10 years.
1: Maybe he will now.
3: Ugh. It's just weird that you'd not want a starting NFL quarterback to
1: call into our show. I That's, don't want uh, Matt to call will, into the show. He will. I don't. How many times does he called into the show knowing I'm going to bring it up? Yes. But Every he, time he yeah, calls. But, and
0: then uh, the, you notice the mood changes after that? <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah, nah, it doesn't change. That doesn't shock. Me. Yeah, sure. Why
3: not? <laughs> Okay. Well, Brockman, look, I've got a challenge flag that I've been sitting oh, on. If great. you want oh, from now on, no. No. Oh, yeah. I'll just toss it over to Rich uh, when we think chuck he should. He, yeah,
1: 204 yeah. rich <laughs> number <laughs> dial, to dial, taking a break, come back, and uh, press conference, conversation off the press conference of Deshaun Watson is significant, to say the least. He spoke today. That's next on The Rich Eisen Show 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. All right, let's let's uh, let's take uh, – oh, gosh. Let's take uh, Dave in New York. You're here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Dave? Hey, what's up, Rich? What's up, Calling sir? in from Queens. Um, yes, the home of the New York best. Metropolitans. Hate, I hate the Mets. I'm a Braves fan. Oh, <laughs> Braves fan in Queens. Oh, my God. I, I got – Oh, oh, I got good. kicked out a couple of times, but that's, that's besides the point. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call in. Uh, I was calling in about Deshaun Watson. And the thing that, like, you know, like the suspension, whatever, like, I didn't think the NFL was ever going to get it right, but 11 games is good. But the problem is, is the contract. Like, I think it's just such a terrible precedent to have a guy do
3: something like this, rework his contract in anticipation. First of all, why is there an investigation? Like, the contract is, is, is proof that he knows he was guilty he knew he was going to get suspended, so I don't get that. But, you know, if if you do, if he's suspended next year, I think it extrapolates to him losing, like, $15, $20 million. So I think $5 million is just too light. I think it sets a bad precedent for the, like, what's the difference between him doing this and, like, Bernie Madoff, like, hiding his money in offshore bank accounts? I just think it sets a bad precedent, and I don't know, that's just my two cents.
1: Dave, appreciate it. Thanks so much, Dave and Queens. Braves fan, and home of the Mets. <laughs> that can't be easy.
0: The team structured his deal this way because they knew what was coming.
1: Well, I mean. They're trying to save yeah, their,
0: I mean, you know, their player the most amount of cash. But, yes, so, it's just all awful. <laughs> There's no other way to say it.
1: We came on the air today uh, with the news that Deshaun Watson's six-game suspension with no fine is now an 11-game suspension with a $5 million fine. And um, the league and the Browns, I think, kicking in a million dollars each to get to- to send the fine money and their money towards groups fighting sexual assault and preventing, trying to, its best to prevent it. And um, I said I was hoping that there would be counseling included in this, and there is, there is. And I didn't think Watson would speak today. I didn't think the Browns would speak today. I would just like, let this situation speak for itself. But, man, they just decided to speak now and, I guess, get it out of the way. It's the only reason why. It's just like, it's fresh now. Get it out of the way. There's no reason to let this linger anymore. We've now officially turned the page. You hear that phrase all the time. It's about the future and turning the page. And before Watson's press conference, he put out a statement. And the statement reads, I'm grateful that the disciplinary process has ended and extremely appreciative of the tremendous support I have received throughout my short time with the Browns organization. I apologize once again for any pain this situation has called. I take accountability for the decisions I made. My focus going forward is on working to become the best version of myself on and off the field and supporting my teammates however possible while I'm away from the team. I'm excited about what the future holds for me in Cleveland statement from Deshaun Watson I take accountability for the decisions I made referred to his world as a situation okay so but he's taking accountability so now comes his appearance see if you spot the difference between his written statement and this
4: i uh, stood
1: on
2: my innocence and always said that I've never assaulted anyone or disrespected anyone and I'm continuing to stand on that, but at the same time, I have to continue to push forward with my life and my career. And for us to be able to move forward, you know, I have to be able to take steps and put right to the side and uh, I'm going to continue to stand on my innocence and, and keep pushing forward and I've always, you know, stood on
4: disrespecting or sexual assaulting anyone.
1: That doesn't sound like taking accountability for your action. I'm completely innocent. Just read everything. That's all I ask is for everyone to read everything. I've tried my best to read everything. So the written version says I take accountability for my actions. And this one is like, I I didn't disrespect anybody. Like, I mean, we can sit here and argue about whether he sexually assaulted anybody. Because if he did, there should have been criminal charges, and there wasn't. Right. Right. There's also the version of sexual assault that the independent judge, Sue L. Robinson, said was met. It just was nonviolent. And there's a lot of people whose world, where they are expert in battling sexual assault and violence. Here's like what nonviolent sexual assault, like what's that? And if he didn't sexually assault anybody, or then why in the NFL statement that came out today that announcing the suspension that Watson agreed to, does it say that the league and the NFL and the Browns are resulting in a $7 million donation to support the prevention of sexual misconduct and assault? Huh. So this situation in which women were impacted using words that Watson's said has led to a suspension and a fine that he agreed to and his team spending money to help combat sexual assault. That's weird. And... If he didn't think he was going to get suspended because he was innocent, then why would there be a contract on the table that only hits him in the pocket for the suspension for $600,000 and change? Because the way the contract was set up for his first year, most of it is free from being garnished in a suspension because of the way it was put onto paper what did the browns just suggest it out of the goodness of their heart and well, just in case you know you look us in the eye and and uh tell us we should trade for you and send all those draft picks and make all this money fully guaranteed just in case maybe not you know we're just gonna here's what we'll do we'll we'll just to help you out this how much we love you deshaun is we're gonna Make sure that any suspension that happens this year doesn't hit your money. Well, you know what? You don't have to do that because I'm innocent. Uh, I didn't disrespect anybody and do anything untoward anybody. Even though now when the suspension hits, I'm putting into a piece of paper that I take accountability for my actions. But when asked, you said you take accountability for your actions, but you say you're innocent, you'll say what you said to me. This just doesn't make sense. Let's be honest. And it certainly doesn't sound like somebody who, if you put up that NFL statement one more time, Commissioner Roger Goodell in that statement said the following, Deshaun is committed to doing the hard work on himself that is necessary for his return to the NFL. And mentioning that the settlement requires compliance with a professional evaluation and treatment plan for him. Why agree to that if you didn't do anything wrong? Well, because the NFL has just decided on a narrative, I guess. And they're going to just blow straight through the facts. Jimmy Haslam, the owner of the Browns, who bestowed this contract on Deshaun Watson, was asked about this disparity.
4: Jimmy, knowing what you know now, would you go back and do this all over?
1: again? Absolutely so
4: you have no qualms about making someone a questionable character to face your franchise you know here's what i think is that um i think in this country and hopefully in the world people deserve second chances okay i really think that and I, i i struggle a little bit is is he never supposed to play again is he never supposed to be part of society does he get no chance to rehabilitate himself and that's what we're gonna do, okay? And you could say, well, that's because he's a star quarterback. Well, of course, but <laughs> if he was Joe oh, Smith, boy. he wouldn't be in, in the, on the headlines every day. Oh, so my gosh. we think people deserve a second chance. We gave Kareem Hunt a second chance, okay? And that's worked out pretty well, okay? We're hoping this will work out and we have strong belief it will. That doesn't mean we don't have empathy for people affected and we will continue to do so. But we strongly believe, strongly believe people deserve a second chance. We believe Deshaun Watson deserves a second chance.
1: And at least I, I give him a credit for his honesty that he's a star quarterback. So he's going to look aside on giving him this chance that he wouldn't give to what Joe Smith or whatever. For what Smith, have you. Yeah. Okay. And so at least I give him, you know, kudos for being that honest, even though, oh my God, is that just beyond the last thing that should be said. But he did say it, and and at least he's honest. Yeah, we're giving him that second chance, but he did point out they gave Kareem Hunt a second chance. <laughs> I guess he's holding out on him right now, but long story short is no. People aren't saying Deshaun Watson doesn't deserve a second chance. It's people who deserve a second chance deserve it, when they've admitted what they did the first time. And thus, people are more open to that second chance, even though we understand the second chance is being afforded to this person because of their immense talent. It's much easier for us as fans to buy it if we understand the person who's getting that second chance understands what the first chance blew up and that we feel they are deserving of their second chance because they're remorseful about the first chance being blown up thus the follow-up about what about the disparity between saying in the statement written i accept responsibility and then the spoken word before that press conference with the haslam's and the general manager in which he said everything but
0: Jimmy what was the basis for saying in a statement the other day that Deshawn was remorseful when he continues to say he didn't do anything wrong and then on top of that Robinson said that she found that he showed no remorse or little remorse in her investigation and assessment of of what
4: happened so Jake what's the question
0: why did what makes you say that he's remorseful well I mean
4: because we're around him every day and he said he's remorseful
0: he didn't say that Mm -hmm. until
4: until just uh, day of that, Jacksonville. You know, I think yeah. I said it pretty well is that this counseling is a process and it's going to take some time for him, the layers and the layers upon, upon getting there. And we feel like he's making progress, and with us, we have seen that. Andrew, and so it, let me well. say one other thing, too. He was also involved in civil litigation during that time period, too. Okay? And so a lot of what killed Deshaun back was. He was counseled by his attorneys not to say anything,
0: okay?
1: Again, he's being very honest. I mean, he can't sit here and say remorse about something when it's going to cost him a ton of change. And Dee Haslam, the uh, owner of the Browns as well, talking about, hey, it's a process. It's a process, which means she believes he is, should be more remorseful than he's saying.
0: Guilty of something.
1: And that he... Um, isn't remorseful enough yet. And I guess if this is a process that makes it even more ugly because he had legal problems hanging over his head. So let's put it all together. And the legal problems, I guess, what, there's still one suit out there. So he can't even today say the words that he put in his written statement. None of this makes sense. And, um, you know all of it is disappointing and i can only hope again based on what i have read and what i believe what i believe hopefully the counseling that that is provided is something he takes seriously and that he comes back a better person because he's coming back and he's going to he's going to quarterback the cleveland browns and all browns fans will have to figure out their feelings on this. And I can only imagine that when he does score touchdowns, a lot of the internal struggle will be external cheering. I get it. I totally understand that. And it'll be easier for all of us to do that if he comes back and can be able to look into a camera and say the words that he's written down and that the rest of the Browns organization currently is spending their time and their reputation and their words trying to say, for him. eight four four two zero four rich number to dial. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll take some of your calls. And then the preseason, um, big-time preseason week begins tonight. I've got f- a list of five oh. rookies. Yes, I've got a top oh. five list. A list of five rookies I want to see more from. After their stellar Week One preseason performances. Good, because I'm going to go take a shower. In the there we go. That's next, <laughs> the Rich Eisen show. Back here on the Rich Eisen show, Alan Dallas is on the Rich Eisen show. So, what's your what what do you want to finish up with here, Alan?
3: So, I I, I, would, I would be remiss if I wasn't uh, mentioning this. I, I've been calling into the show for uh, seven years. And yes, you for have. Seven years. I had family in the northeast who got a lot of thrills and, and of hearing me and listening to me and unfortunately a couple of weeks ago i lost my brother-in-law at 45 years old um three three young daughters uh it was a real shame and i could just implore everyone to make sure that they manage their health and take care of their health and uh he was a big fan of listening to uh the clips uh, when i called in so i'd be remiss if you know and if i didn't mention it. what's his name you know paul paul um a real shame you know it's just, you got to take care of yourselves you know we're all in that age Brockman you know he's got a little kid and we're all in that age where we really need to uh to make sure that we you know we take care of uh take care of our health
1: al love you man call back Thanks, Thanks, al. well, you know, as always you. alan dallas everybody started as alan houston, alan houston. and they, we, that's when he was on our radar And we thought literally alan, alan houston alan was alan calling houston. into the program and i was <laughs> like hey how is it with john starks
0: <laughs> that's you know. 74 best actor category heavy heavy hitters Jack Lemmon, as he mentioned, won. Other nominees: Marlon Brando for *The Last Tango in Paris*, Jack Nicholson *Last Detail*, Al Pacino *Serpico*, Robert Redford *The Sting*. Heavy hitters,
1: dude. That is a heavy hitting class. Wow, like just like five five
0: of the all time all timers. Any one of them could have won that. Serpico was amazing. Wow. Yeah, man.
1: And and, was, that's, and that's and that's Randy
0: Quaid like cousin Eddie nominated yeah. for uh, Randy Quaid yeah.
1: in in the la- the last detail is a spectacular movie, and Nicholson deserved his nomination and Randy Quaid did too. What is it about? Are you just to me the reader's digest. Uh, if I'm Quaid? not mistaken, I do. Re- I, I want to make sure the whole thing is it's it's. Um, the last detail where they were taking... It, it, I think Nicholson and Randy Quaid and a whole bunch of people were being taken to the brig in the Navy, okay. and and they went on some sort of Fandango before they were going to jail.
0: That's a Robert Town movie, too.
1: Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Did I get Davis. that? Did I get that? Uh, yeah, right?
0: yeah. Two Navy men are ordered to bring a young offender to prison, but yeah. decide to show him one last good time. That's
1: right. And Randy Quaid,
3: Randy Quaid was the young guy. Interesting. I don't think I've seen... Any of these movies that have been
1: named in the last and Robert Town, <laughs> Robert Town was the guy who wrote Chinatown. Wrote I, China know, street, I know, I yeah. know Robert Town. Yeah, like but like all those so other ones, movies. I'm like lost. Excuse right me now. for somebody who loved The Offer, Robert Town, and, you, you, and you, 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 I know who Robert Town is. and Robert Evans. These movies are all up your alley.
0: And Randy Quaid is very young in
1: this. The, street, the last yeah. detail is absolutely worth your time. Mm. <laughs> okay, I don't know anything about movies. That's all I understand. I've, we just don't been here, have the I've just same been here for eight years movies, talking though. about I You gotta it. remember that too. You, you know, like, we're well, play I mean, 22 in this movie. I, I would, excuse me. How about this? We'll do a, a, a last swap. You watch Last Detail, I watch Last Boy Scout. Hey. It would be worth that. And then we compare notes.
0: <laughs> Here's... Okay. Oh, my god, this. Is- <laughs> Please, both of you do this. <laughs> this would be an amazing segment. We Here's
1: do. way you got to do it. We do.
3: And we, I'll finish the Manchurian Candidate. Yes. Can we do a I I want a test after this. Me and Brock would get the
1: quiz. You, excuse me. When you say you finish the Manchurian Candidate, I'm halfway
3: done. Yeah. you're halfway done. It's you been know, sitting been stopped, been like, stopped yeah. on your yeah. DVR now.
1: You've it. got to start from the beginning oh, yeah. and watch it to <laughs> see, the see end.
3: He's not so much into the
1: idea now when he, he has to watch, the watch a one. movie. He
3: watched a new one. They're both great they tens of, both of them are great.
1: I, I will watch The Last Boy Scout. You'll watch The Last Detail, and then we'll discuss as to what's really the classic. Okay? It's not about classics. Okay. You say it's one of the. You, it's one of your top five favorite movies is The Last Boy Scout. No, that's not what that what was, it, was, what, was. Then what was it in your big-ass it grab was, bag about?
3: I don't even remember what it was. Uh-huh. Oh.
1: Yeah.
3: So i like 48 grab bags. So I can't memorable. remember all of them. <laughs> so memorable.
1: So memorable. So memorable. <laughs>
3: Here's my theory: If it's not shown in film school, and a lot of films are shown in film school, like Citizen Kane is a film school movie that every person that has ever made a movie probably and won an Academy yeah, Award but films, has watched. He but, but, won't watch excuse it me, he I took a school.
1: class, I believe, in Cornell Summer College in animal comedies, where it was yes. a, it was. A, but so there, so technically, they were showing Animal House. No, I get in, I a, get in, a, in a in an academic setting, well, you the know, comedies, I don't know. Animal
3: House would be I, to me one of the movies I would show in a. In, in two seconds. I would show Caddyshack, Animal That's House. That's what it was. That's what they were it's, called. Th- th- their class. genre was animal comedies. Well, I, mean, I don't know love why. That
1: class. Uh, like Stripes.
3: Stripes would be one, too. But I mean. Well, hey, I'd end it halfway through because of the money. But, you know. By the way, now that I'm actually looking at this, I've ended. seen part of the last detail before. Ooh, Absolutely. Good job. DJ. Oh, good. Yeah.
1: So, so now yeah. I, I'm absolved from having to watch the last Boy Scout? No, nah, you still, because I want to go back. Because <laughs> re- it's Nicholson. I love him. He <laughs> saw it in high school. Who? Me? Oh yeah, mm-hmm.
3: okay. Um, cool. Yeah, I don't think I was in high school in '74, okay. but okay. Well, man, you might have been. You know what? Might have been. Well, that would make me like 80 years old right now, Chris. Yeah, so
1: I, mean, I <laughs> We don't know how old you are. Let's talk football. Oh, how about that? Let's I talk some football. football. Preseason action begins tonight yeah, in uh, Week Two of the preseason. Bears with Roquan Smith on, in holding in on the sideline, taking on Geno Smith, starting for the Seattle. Seahawks because <laughs> Drew Locke's got COVID. Oh man! <laughs> on ESPN, we had Lewis Riddick on the program yesterday. He's uh, calling the game with Orlovsky, Big Bag of Leaves, Laura Rutledge tonight. Lumen Field, Lumen Field is the name. of that. Is yeah. that right?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's Lumen. Lumen Field.
1: Is that the name? Isn't that the name of the the company in in Severance? Lumen
0: Technologies. Oh my God! Severance.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes. So maybe maybe Seahawk fans will just the same way. I do a lot. our fans will games go to work here. and not That's remember what they what, what they see tonight. Well, they might
0: they might not want to not remember this whole season.
1: Ooh. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Brockman is chimed oh. in. Chris Brockman has entered the chat. I mean, I'm and betting gentlemen. the under
0: on Ding. both of these teams.
1: Okay. For the record. Alrighty then. Oh. So. Rich has no idea. So much was bandied about about a lot of these guys. Some not. Um, I've got five rookies who did well in week one. I need, to see, I need to see more of that starting tonight. I need music. Top five rookies I need to see more of that from entering preseason week number two. It's a very arcane, very, very small subset of a top five. But you love this, love, right? Okay, good. Yeah, I love this. You love this. Exactly. I don't know if everyone else does, I but I, I hope you do. <laughs> uh, number five on this list we're going to see tonight we're going to see tonight because you, Chris, are saying a lot about the Seattle Seahawks that a lot of other people are saying they're not going to be very good. Not going to be that good. They're not going to be very good. And part of the reason why I think they could be good the way they could be better is if some of the kids shine up, shine out. They're fast on offense, fast on defense. And clearly, if some of these guys are going to be open and the quarterback everybody believes is not. Uh, that plus a uh, bag of chips needs to be held upright or they have to run the ball. Charles Cross, everybody. I need to see the same out of Charles Cross. A lot of people are raving about this kid at tackle. And he did do very well in Pittsburgh in week one. Let's see what the kid does tonight. I want to see it. I need to see more out of him. And I need to see more out of the Seahawks... In the next couple weeks, but I want to see what Charles Cross is up to. Number four on my list um, is I got two quarterbacks here. I got two quarterbacks. Okay. He went um, 6 4 11 for 107 yards in the air, five rushes for 38 on the ground. I need to see a little bit more of that on Malik Willis. Oh, yeah, man. I need to see more of that out of the Tennessee Titans uh, quarterback who uh, certainly caught the eye of Lamar Jackson saying that this kid's going to be something in the league. Now, as coach, you know Vrabel was impressed because Vrabel said, I need to see him throw to guys who are actually open when they're open, which means, okay, he's not seeing the field all that well. That makes – that it's understandable. I don't know. There's just a sneaky feeling I have inside that Malik Willis is going to see starting. T- uh, start here or there this season for the titans whether it's due to injury or something else i don't know why this is gnawing at me inside but i need to see more of malik willis the tennessee titans can you look up who they're playing chris sure. i should have written that stuff down but um the tennessee titans are going to be starting malik willis at some point i don't know if it's going to be this season or not but i have a sneaky suspicion we're going to see more of him Number three on this list. Titans, Bucks this week. Titans and Bucks. No no Tom Brady. That's right. They've been practicing against one another all week. Number three is one of two Georges. Because we've been talking about on this list. You can guess who the other one is. Um, The Chiefs offense, right? I've been talking them up quite a bit. Because I think without Tyreek Hill, there's going to be a lot more uncertainty for defenses to try and key on somebody, despite Travis Kelsey still being on the team. How about this kid out of Purdue that they drafted, George Karloftis? He, in week one of the preseason, had two hits on the quarterback, a tackle for loss, and a sack. If he comes in and brings some of that energy and brings a pass rush, with Chris Jones working on the inside and this kid on the outside... I'm still still just talking myself into the Chiefs are going to be better than a lot of people think, and this kid is the reason why. That's number one. Chiefs are playing the Commanders on Saturday. Number two on the list, speaking of the Commanders, this kid is coming on the outside trying to win the race, and I'm just saying he might wind up being the quarterback, rookie quarterback to start a game first this year. Certainly if you don't believe in Carson Wentz, I need to see what Sam Howell's up to. Now, George Karloftis may wind up in his lap, Mm -hmm. but I need to see what Sam Howell's going to do because he looked really sharp against Carolina in preseason week number one. And he's got a nice little it factor to him. And you know uh, what his coach, Mac Brown, told us about him that when he got drafted, or prior to the draft, uh, we we didn't really do him any favors. A lot of kids left. We didn't have a really good team around him. Sam Howell, just keep an eye on him. I want to see what he's going to do against the Chiefs. I want to see if Ron Rivera twitches in his direction or begins to think that. I doubt it. I doubt it, but that's in his back pocket if Carson Wentz looks like the Eagles' Carson Wentz of Jalen Hurts' first year getting some run. I don't know. Number one, I think he's on everyone's list. I need to see more out of uh, George Pickens. I need to see you. I mean, based on what we saw by him against Seattle with the late hands and the beautiful grab and the toe tap in the end zone, right? It does lend credence to the Steelers getting yet another kid in the draft at wide receiver who is really, really good. And um, I bet you George Pickens wasn't drafted very high in certain fantasy drafts prior to the preseason week, number one. And anybody who had a fantasy draft this week, I bet you it was like, where's he? And I need to see what the Steelers and George Pickens are going to do in this preseason week.
0: Yeah, he's going to get drafted way higher if he does it again this week.
1: At Jacksonville. So we we'll see if Travon Walker can go and uh, hunt some of those quarterbacks, and then uh, Pickens might not get many chances. But those are my top five rookies I want to see more out of coming up this preseason week that begins tonight in Seattle. There's nice. my top five list. I love it. Am I stealing some of your thunder? I'm sorry, TJ. What do you got? People care more
3: about your top fives than mine, so no, you're not still anything, that. man. Oh, it's what the Rich say? Eisen Show Rich, not the TJ Jefferson <laughs> <laughs> Show. I mean, it's a fact. Well, it was yesterday <laughs> when you gave
1: out NIL deals like it was candy. <laughs> yeah. I was, mean, I like to think we gave
3: out NIL so deals. funny. You know? I just, so funny. I just presented this with the names. That's all I did. By the way, Rick you. Stroud posted a video of Book's rookie Devin Tompkins making a pick in the end zone. Oh, yeah. Oh, my
0: goodness. I've been watching Julio Jones clips. Oh, my goodness, too. Talking myself into that.
1: (laughs) That's great, everybody. By the way, solid
0: 92% over decent.
1: It is back, guys. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) We'll wrap up this Thursday show in a moment.